This episode is brought to you by Rockstar Energy Drink. Be honest, are you procrastinating by listening to this podcast? It's okay. You just need Rockstar Focus. Choose from three delicious flavors, each crafted with ingredients for an ideal energy and mental boost, like lion's mane, 200 milligrams of caffeine, and zero sugar. Visit rockstarenergy.com to learn more. At least 75 milligrams of caffeine has been shown to help improve attention. When Sweet Tarts dared to combine sweet and tart, they thought, why stop there? Why not create other exciting and unexpected combinations, like rainbows and ropes, or fruity and gummy, or chewy and more chewy? That's why they created fun treats like Sweet Tarts Twisted Rainbow Ropes, Gummies Fruity Splits, and Chewy Fusions. When you dare to combine, it's sure to blow your mind. Sweet Tarts. Dare to combine. Visit SweetTartsCandy.com to shop now. Welcome to a very special episode of Pod of Wales. It is a Halloween special. <gasps> I'm Kieran Pritchard McLean. Ooh, and I'm SFC. Nobody's seen SFC for 15 years. <laughs> I was trying to think of a, a pun on my name, but the, I mean, you can't do an English pun for Halloween with my first name. I mean, it's. No, there's not a. Not the, the, <laughs> the letter doesn't abound. No, in Welsh, there's the word ethyl. Um, which is like demon. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, so yeah, because some you know yeah. sometimes how people would but change yeah, their say, handle yeah. and stuff. I change it to Atlas. Really good for Halloween. Yeah. Um, I'm very excited about this. We've wanted to do a spooky episode since we started doing the podcast. We have, but but I hadn't realised how spooked out you are about this stuff. Oh, terrified. Yeah. Uh, fascinated. Don't believe in any of it. <laughs> Am I pooing my pants for the whole time? Absolutely. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> Terrible. Really scared. I think I want to be dragged over to the other side. Stay in comedy a little bit longer, <laughs> it'll happen. <laughs> but we're going to go and stay in some magnificent places. We're going to eat in some lovely places. And we're going to go and visit some places that are meant to be incredibly haunted. Yes, yeah, so the first place we're going to is um, Cairo Castle. And we're going to get a bit of a tour, I think, mm. a bit of a guided tour around the castle. Yeah, that relates to all the ghost stories. We're staying in the Top Joe's townhouse in Narbeth. I love Narbeth. Mm. It's a really cute little... I've done a gig there. Yeah. So I'm excited to actually stay there and not just drive through the night slapping my face <laughs> while I drink off-brand <laughs> stimulant drinks behind the wheel. <laughs> uh, <ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we're going to a big manor house as well that's meant to be full of ghosts. Yeah, so that's Llancaich Fawr. And apparently both the castle and this house are very old. Yeah. Lots of history, lots of sort of folklore, legends and ghost tales. Yeah. And attached to them. hopefully some gift shops. And that's the dream. Yeah. It's a gift shop. Yeah. That is the absolute dream. I don't know what I want to get out of this. Affirmative <laughs> proof of the afterlife Okay. Me, and sure. nothing else will do. <laughs> I'll be very sad. As a photo opportunity, I'd love a ghost to just drag me by my ankles up a chimney. Oh, that would be a great reel. It wouldn't. <laughs> Go and check out our Instagram. If that isn't on there, feel free to give a scathing Apple review. We're in another gift shop. Uh, I realise our natural habitat yeah. is you leaning on a chest freezer <laughs> over a load of magnums. <laughs> um, we're at, is it, am I saying this right? Caru Castle? Caru is how we say it in English. Yeah. Okay. Cairo. 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 
So Castel Cairo. Mm. Should we tell people who you are? Right. <laughs> okay. My name is Christian and I work here at Cairo as a guide. And um, I do these ghost walks in the, um, in the summer and then at uh, Halloween as well. So tell us something about the actual castle then. When was it built? Well, the, the stone castle that you see today was begun um, around about 1100. Okay. Wow. Uh, so, but there'd been occupation here, there'd been fortifications here for, for at least 1100 years before then. So having been occupied for such a long period of time... I assume a lot of people will have died there. Well, Which makes one it... would think so. <laughs> yes, she asks this wherever we go. We went to, us, went yes. to Sainsbury's and she asked the question. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of people died in Sainsbury's. <laughs> I think a lot of people have died in this area in, in Cairo. And uh, without doubt, their spirits and ghosts and so on live on. Oh, so, Christina, you believe in any ghosts? I'm open to uh, to influence yeah. on that. Mm. Yes, yes. What people can't see for this record is that Kiri is dressed. I'm trying to think of how to explain it. Go on, be polite. <laughs> well, like a Victorian ghost hunter. Yeah, if yeah. I had to think of a ghost hunter in Victorian times, this would be it. I've got a long, nearly floor-length coat on for the occasion. Yeah, with frilly also, sleeves. With frilly sleeves. But I've also got bright, shiny gold wellies on, so... <laughs> I'm not sure what part of Victorian Britain you're imagining, but I'm here for it. Yeah. I'll take it. I, I think you'd fit in. Actually, do you know what? If you ever became Doctor Who, that's what you should it wear. It is, yeah. Okay, I'll put my bid in. <laughs> should we do it then? Should we do the tour? Absolutely. Lovely. Yes. Great. Okay, so I'll lead on. Thank you. Kerry, when you were growing up, were you interested in any of this stuff? Because I seem to remember a lot of magazines when I was younger with ghost stuff in them. And also my grandmother's Take a Break would always have a, <laughs> a ghost you. story in there. <laughs> I mean, this gate's haunted, right? No, of course not. You want the atmosphere. I was, and still remain, quite obsessed with ghosts. Osborne Guide to Ghosts. Yes. I had that as a kid. Yeah. I got reissued recently. My brother got it me for Christmas. Oh. Um, I used to have... I used to obsessively only read, sort of like, as a kid, I had books on tape which were Hound of the Baskervilles, yeah. Dracula, Frankenstein, and a, a series for kids that was sort of overseen by Alfred Hitchcock called The Three Investigators right. and also had quite spooky stories in it. Yeah. So, yes, very interested. And I used to get a magazine... I used to have, um, instead of Polly in my pocket, I had Monster in my pocket, which had ghosts in. And, um, yeah, I think I'm painting the picture here, aren't I? Oh, gosh. I've got this firewood acid. <gasps> Love it. It's beautiful. Uh, we're in the undercroft of the castle. And in medieval days, this would have been the storeroom where they kept the food and the beer. And in here, people have said that they see the ghost of a um, Celtic warrior. He's standing in that corner, just where the barrier is over there. And he stands, he looks as if he's waiting for someone or something to happen. He's a tall man, he's got um, apparently bleached, it would have been bleached with lime hair that sort of sticks out in a wild way. And um, he just stands there. Mind you, a friend of mine, well, a colleague of mine, she says sometimes she sort of senses somebody looking over her mm. shoulder. And if that's so, she just says, oh, go back in your corner, go back in your corner. <laughs> and 
apparently he just goes back in his corner. So why would there be a Celtic warrior standing there? Celts were very warlike people, always fighting each other. They were fighting over their women or over their food or over power or whatever it was, property. But the one constant in their, in their lives was that they, every autumn they needed to go hunting in order to get enough food in to um, tide them over the winter. So from what we can piece together, one autumn the head of the tribe called all the men together and said, right, time to go hunting up into the Priscillas. We'll catch wild boar, deer, anything basically that moves. We'll go there and um, we'll bring back enough food for the winter. But one person, one man has to stay behind and see that the fort's okay. So he looked round and picked out a man at random. We'll call him Rodri. We don't know his name. So Rodri would have much preferred to be riding out, uh, go up onto the Priscilla Hills and gallop about, but he stayed here. A month went by, nobody came back. Two months, three months, six months, a whole year, and nobody came back. Well, of course, the word got round to the other Celtic tribes locally, and they came, took over the fort here at Keru, killed Rodri. So... His ghost is here, waiting. Oh, waiting. that's really sad. <laughs> it's sad, isn't it? Is it is sad. sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to check and see if I can pick him up on Tinder later, though. Yeah, it sounds fair. <laughs> it does I think sound it was the lime in the hair, is that <laughs> legend? <laughs> wow. It's so fascinating. You know you say that you've got a, a member of staff here who sometimes feels someone's sort of yeah, on their shoulder. Yeah, she definitely does. So does she feel threatened? I don't think she does by him because she knows she can say, go back. Yeah. Get in your corner. Get in your corner. But I know that she's, she does worry about some of the other ghosts. Yeah. She definitely would rather not talk about them. Mm. Next one, please. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, oh, my God. We're going to go through this, this door over here. Oh. Ooh. Oh, fantastic. So would this have been the kitchen? This would have been one of the kitchens, not the main kitchen, but it would have been one of the kitchens in the castle. And um, it would have been a really busy place, you can imagine, with the fire uh, burning uh, pretty hot and a lot of servants preparing food for the upstairs lot, for the cracker. <laughs> so the ghost I'm going to tell you about now is Jack, the, the little uh, kitchen boy. And um, we've had this. We've learned about Jack really through visitors who have come, and they've experienced uh, a little, a small boy ghost. And what he does, he's a bit of a mischief maker. Is Jack? <laughs> uh, he'll sort of pull your pull your coat, or maybe try and pull your hair, or something like that. We heard of one mother who said that um, she'd been in here with uh, with her daughter, who was quite young. Uh, probably five or six, and um, with a, a small toddler boy that she keeping hold of. And um, the little girl started to say, eh, he's pulling my hair, or something mm. like that. And the mother wasn't very concentrating, said, oh, don't be silly, you know, just stop making a fuss. Um, he's holding my hand. But then she looked over to where the little girl was, and there was the toddler, so whose hand was she holding? Oh, oh my gosh. That's not how I was expecting no. that to end. <laughs> my ass fell out then, I'll be honest. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. 
And that happened <laughs> relatively recently. Yeah. So. Like, I've got goosebumps everywhere, like <laughs> on my knees. <laughs> oh. Right, next right, guest. We're going to go up the spiral stairs, so I hope you manage Great. to do that with all the wires. Oh, yeah, this is going to be loads of from Crystal Maze. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, this place is massive. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. This is oh, incredible. that's amazing. It's in such good nick, <gasps> isn't it? Originally, um, we're above the undercroft at the moment where mm -hmm. the Celtic warrior was. This would have been like a communal hall where, where people would have eaten and then at night they would have cleared everything away and slept in here. Everybody would have been in here. The Lord, the Lady, the soldiers, the servants, the lot would have all been in here. There wouldn't have been a fireplace. It, the fire would have been in the centre of the room and the smoke would have just found its way out through the roof. And gradually then been altered over the years due to times. Um, and the, the chimney up there has Henry VII's coat of arms, so we know roughly what date it was put on. Another magnificent view. Yep. Look at this. You get a really good view of, the, of both the, the mill. Oh, wow. So um, the story I'm going to tell you is the story of the ape that everybody wants to hear when they come to Cairo. So at the beginning of the 17th century, in the early 1600s, a man had a lease on, uh, the, on Cairo Castle. His name was Sir Roland Rees. Not a lot is known about him, except that he is said to have had a really bad temper. And the other thing that's known about him is that he had an unusual pet. He had a pet ape, a black Barbary ape, the same kind of apes that are on the um, Rock of Gibraltar nowadays. Mm. And this ape, who um, legend has it was called Satan, <laughs> of course it was. was kept by his master on a chain here in the Northwest Tower room of the castle, which was where Sir Roland Rees liked to live. So apparently one day a man came to the castle his name was Horowitz, and he lived in Cairo village. He came to the castle because he was upset. He said that his daughter had run off with Sir Roland Rees's son. He demanded to see Sir Roland Rees, and the servants showed him upstairs. When the servants went back downstairs, they could hear the sound of an argument starting, and then it became a shouting match and a row, and eventually there were blood-curdling screams. So they ran up stairs we've just come up and burst into the room and there on the floor was the man Horowitz lying with his throat really really badly cut bleeding everywhere the ape was off its chain mm -hmm. and um, it appeared that Sir Roland Reese had let the, uh, the ape off and encouraged it to attack mm -hmm. the man Horowitz so he was still alive fortunately so they dragged him out they got rid of him and came back upstairs, the servants, to tidy up. They managed to catch the ape, put it back on its chain, and um, peace and quiet returned, except that Sir Roland Rees was really angry with them and said, you shouldn't have interfered. I can deal with scum like Horowitz any day of the week. Now, later that night, a terrible storm got up. You wouldn't believe it. Sometimes we have really bad weather here at Cairo. <laughs> and the rain was beating down and the wind was howling through the castle. 
and there was thunder and lightning. We have a word in Pembrokeshire for that kind of weather. It's slabog. It was <laughs> definitely slabog that night. And the servants were still working downstairs, preparing breakfast, when they heard the sound of raised voices again. And they thought, no, no, we've been told not to interfere. But then one of them noticed smoke coming out of one of the windows from this, uh, from this northwest tower. And they thought, no, fire, no, 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 we can't let it go on fire. So they collected up buckets of water and rushed up the sparrow stairs, burst open the door, chucked the water in. And when the smoke cleared, fortunately, it was just a spark that had gone onto a carpet. But lying on the floor, there was Sir Roland Rees, his throat really, really badly lacerated. And they looked round for the ape. It had gone. The chain was slack. Satan had disappeared. So ever since that night, the ape was never seen, except on really stormy nights when the rain's beating down, the wind howling through the castle, thunder, lightning, slabog. Then the ape is seen running round the battlements at the top of the castle, cackling quite Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. It's a really put a twist on the PG tips adverts, isn't it? That's <laughs> unbelievable. I'm not sure that those were Barbary apes. Oh, <laughs> my mistake, my mistake. Thank you so much. This has been fantastic. Yeah, it's been lovely. Yeah, well, I hope we get something out of it. <laughs> a sleepless night, yes. probably. Wet, <laughs> wet the bed, that's what I'm going to get. <laughs> Well, tell you what, hunting for ghosts really raises the appetite <laughs> because I have just inhaled the breast, bread, breast Bre basket. <laughs> I'm very tired. What would a breast basket look like? You know, Is that what they have in Hooters? <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're here in a beautiful converted mill, Blackpool Mill. Is this? I think this is technically Narbeth. And it is absolutely stunning. Like, it's exposed wood. Every, I mean, it's a really beautiful building from the outside. Mm. They've obviously, I think, spent a lot of money on it recently. It looks gorgeous. And the interiors are beautiful. And then you've still got some of the inner workings of the mill inside. So it's a really fantastic place to have food. But and it's really simple as well, though. Yeah. Like, it's not overly done. Like, yeah. it feels, I don't know... Like there's there's not too much decoration and there's not too many paintings or anything like no, that. No, but there's there's sort of documents of historical interest on the walls that relate to the building as well. So little nerds like <laughs> me can get really <laughs> stuck into that stuff. We have just um, yeah hoofed a bread basket, which was absolutely delicious. You'd hope so, though, wouldn't you? Yeah. And no one else is eating butter, so I've basically eaten half that butter. Myself. But also, I have eaten all of the olive oil, so. <laughs> I'm just drinking at this point, doing shots. Um, the food looks fantastic. Yeah. And do you know what I really love is that I looked at, had a little look at the cocktail menu short. <laughs> All using Welsh spirits. Yeah. Which is, oh, I just love it so much. It's, yeah. Because it can be, I love it when there's really great food that also celebrates the produce of Wales because you want to come, like you always say, you want to come to a country and taste the mm. food from there. Yeah, and I think maybe 20 years ago, you wouldn't have expected it so much. But now, I think you kind of expect it. Like, if, if they don't use local spirits, you're a bit like, why not? Because actually, every area in Wales has their own little Absolutely. thing going on. Absolutely. And so I have ordered... 
I'm gonna make it sound rubbish, but a crispy <laughs> cabbage. Hispy. I'm gonna say it's hispy cabbage. Hispy. Charred hispy cabbage. It is hispy. And it's on like a risotto. And I got some chips on the side because I'm not an animal. <laughs> I didn't order any sides and now I'm worried. Don't worry, we've got some sides you can dig into. You're gonna eat all those yes, chips. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm gonna eat all of those. And I'm also gonna ask for some more olive oil in a second. <laughs> um it's a Monday night, so obviously I went for the lobster. It's on the specials and it looks unbelievable. Yeah, can't wait. I nearly openly wept when I saw yeah. how good that I was. I like to imagine I live in the OC when I order lobster. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say live in the OC, I mean the series. Series, that yeah, was of course. Of yeah. With Seth, who we all fancied, yeah. <laughs> and Summer, who we warmed to, of course. <laughs> can you please, now Joe, can you put in the sting that's we've been on the run. I love that. Oh, hang on, food's <gasps> coming, food's coming. Okay. <laughs> um, the one with the cheese is here. Oh my gosh. Those oh. chips are massive. Oh, yeah, well enjoy your lobster, Esif. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, this is very photogenic. I wish I had as many positive angles as this main <laughs> course. This is great. What, a gooey bottom and a char top? Yeah. <laughs> That looks so good, doesn't it? Can we stop talking now? Yeah, can we start eating? So, here we are in a post-food glow. I say post, you're halfway through a chip um, at Blackpool Mill. How was the lobster? I didn't even ask. You commented on it when it arrived because it was big. Yeah, big boy. It was delicious. Also, no shell. So I didn't have to deal with the shell. Yeah, it'd be like, like filthy afterwards. Yeah, and you know when you, they give you like a finger bowl, mm. it doesn't it's really not do enough, anything. No. No. You need a shower. <laughs> Hose you down outside like foot and mouth. I um, Thank you. Sorry. mine was delicious. Because that hibbit, not hibiscus. Hibbus? Hibbus? No. Hibbus? Hibbus? Chard? Hispy. Cabbage. <laughs> it's absolutely, absolutely delicious. It looked nice. Yeah, on a bed of risotto, yeah. which I found a whole garlic clove in, which is, for me, it's like finding the money in the pudding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so delicious. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so happy that you didn't eat all your chips because it meant I could eat them. Yeah. <laughs> and the bread. I finished the bread off as You well. did finish the bread off, yeah. Fair play mm. to you. Thank you. I've I'm done really well. <laughs> <laughs> this has been so lovely. And also, it's nice that there's like... It's a Monday, but there's like nice big groups here and there's lots of couples having dates, but also couples that are actually speaking to each other. Because, <laughs> you know, you go some places and nearly a word shared. Yeah. yeah. They're having fun at that table in the corner over there. I want to know what, what's going on there. Should we, should we go I over? think they've realised Pot of Wales is in. <laughs> and they're trying to show some good crack to get on it. <laughs> did you sleep well? I, I did sleep well, although as I was falling asleep, could you hear like church bells? I could hear something that I was like, that's unbelievably spooky, what is that? Right. But I thought it was someone whispering in my room. <laughs> so we had such a nice end to that meal was so lovely. Remind me what you had for pudding. Sticky toffee pudding, which oh. was unreal. Swimming in sauce. Yeah, and I didn't really speak to anyone throughout it because I was just sort of like blown away. 
Yeah. And what did you... Oh, my gosh, you had the walnut... Walnut and chocolate tart. That was so delicious. It was dense. And it was a lot of it. Yeah, and I ate every single piece. It was really nice. It was such a nice evening. And that, yeah, the staff were great as well. They were lovely. I mean, they were lovely in as much as we were the last to leave again. And And we nearly got out without paying. We We were halfway down the stairs and went, is it... Have we paid? (laughs) And our producer, Joe, was like... (laughs) And we'd had a really, like, thanks so much, everybody. It's been so nice. Like, really sort of doing that. Like, we're waving the Titanic It was like a proper production. It really was. A farewell, yeah. I feel like we're on the real hustle. I'm like, that's how you do it in the car park. (laughs) Yeah, it was fantastic. And then we come back to this beautiful... Well, it's a restaurant downstairs. It's an Italian restaurant. Yes, I think it's mainly pizza. So, yeah, it's really beautiful. I think it feels like it's had a recent refurb. But, like, mm. it's really stunning in here. Loads of deep, moody colours. Yeah. And then we stayed in, uh, upstairs in the rooms. Great shower. Had a lovely time. It was morning. a great shower. Mm-hmm. Although, do you know what I didn't like and I don't like about these showers? Where you can't take the head off. Because give, how- it, give up one night off, Essie. <laughs> Pummeling yourself. How do you do underneath? <laughs> like- I think I... We we're not going to talk about this while it's being recorded. Um, I have to do an act out. <laughs> yeah, slept really well. Apart from obviously the the child whispering in the room and the church bells outside. Yes, and there was some drilling this morning, but that's not the hotel's yeah, fault. Yeah, not the hotel's <laughs> fault. So we come down and have breakfast. I've had some lovely avocado on toast. And we're ready for another day of ghost hunting. Yeah, full bellies, <laughs> full hearts. Yes, open minds. <laughs> Let's find a ghost. <laughs> We're going to Llancaichbawr, which for me... Llan Bear. Llancaich. Caiach. Oh, don't ask, me, don't ask I don't know. Llan Why is... are you acting like it's not your first language? <laughs> Llan is the parish. There's a lot of words. Caiach. I don't know what Caiach is. Hang on. Let me... Let me Cai is Fee. But... but it's not spelt like Fee. Uh... Oh, it's someone's name as well. Someone's... It's come up as someone's name. Oh, well, maybe it's the parish of that person then. Maybe. You know, like Llanpadrig, Llanbedr. Llanbedr always reminds me of my little sister. Cause she of course only... you've got a connection. <laughs> but she, she went on a school trip in the 80s. Mm-hmm. But it feels like every school trip she went on was to Llanbedr. <laughs> she only ever went once, but I associated with her. And then my niece went there on a school trip last year or the year before. So I imagine there'll be a lot of school children. Today. Yeah, my fave. We're getting to the end of term as well, aren't yeah. we? So, um, so is it? I think it's like a stately home, right? Yeah. Manor house. Yeah. Great. I absolutely love those. So a different vibe to the castle. Mm. Um, Are we allowed to talk about the castle tour? Was absolutely amazing last night. It was amazing. Can we talk about the fact that our guide locked, didn't leave? Yeah, locked herself in. Because <laughs> we were leaving. Like, Bye, everyone. Yeah, and she then, opened the gate. I thought she was going to follow us out to the car park. But then locked it behind us. <laughs> and then we were like, sure, it's quite a little walk to the car park. Yeah. It's like, we'll see it come out any minute now. And then after in the car as well, never left. No. And now we're worried that that wasn't a tour guide. <laughs> That's the thing that creeped me up the most yesterday. Yeah. That she'd never left. She never left. <laughs> Um, have you gigged here? Have you done the gig in Narva? No, I never come to this area. This is where my dad's side of the family come from, but I'm not familiar with it at all. Is it one promoter in your books, Narbeth and Blackwood? Okay. And they're both absolutely fantastic gigs. The Narbeth one is in like a big, high-roofed hall. Oh, wow. It's really smashing. Okay. Good fee as well, because it's far away. 
Great. And now we've got a lot of local, local, local. You can do a bit of local. You can local do the ape, ape stuff, can't yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> um, should we do it then? Let's should we go. go. Get spooked? Yeah. So we're here at Llankayach Vaur. Yeah. And it is. Is it, would you say stately home, manor house? Manor house, I think, mm. yeah. And we've just been in the section which has got the cafe and the shop in it. Great shop. I should have sat in front of... <laughs> it looks like... You know how um, women used to get, like, hat boxes? Yes. It reminds me of that a bit. It's yeah. a bit hat boxy. But it's um, actually got three ornamental mirrors in it. <laughs> which you... I barely stepped foot no, in that shop. In like... the doorway. Um, so, yes, you've had a lovely time. So we're having another ghost tour. Yes. Should we go and find some ghosts for you to fall in love with all over again? Please. <laughs> I know that you won't forget about the Celtic warrior because I already know you fancy him from his description. So. <laughs> Pretty sure I had a dream about him last night, but <laughs> that's, that's for a different podcast. <laughs> right, let's do it. We were wondering, what, do you know what kayach means? Kayach is an old Welsh word for water field. So, oh. because the original name of the house is not Llan Cayach, it's Glan Cayach. Ah. There were, seems to have been some kind of mix-up in the 18th century where there was an English scribe writing unfamiliar Welsh words. There's always an English scribe. But <laughs> Glan Cayach literally means on the banks of the waterfield because we're right next to the Cayach Brook. So, yeah, we that are literally nice. on the banks of the waterfield. Amazing. Um, and, and would you like to introduce yourself? Please? Yeah, my name is Lee and I am one of the historical interpreters here at Llan Cayach Fawr. What does that mean? Um, historic interpretation. It's, um, well, think, think of somebody who interprets languages. If you don't speak a language, you have an interpreter to make sense of it for you. It's the same with an historical interpreter. History can be a messy business. It's all very mixed up. It's never sort of linear and straightforward. So what we do, particularly focusing on the year 1645, we were in the middle of the Civil War, it was the year Charles I came to Llankaichvaur. He came to visit the owner, Colonel Pritchard. So what we do is we take all the information that we know about it and we arrange it in a presentable way for schools, members of the public who come along and, and visit us. And they podcasters. see us. Podcasters, <laughs> yes. Although you don't get the full effect as podcasters, because usually I would be in full 17th century costume. Oh, what? Speaking 17th century Why English. You? Why are you in shorts? <laughs> because it's summer. <laughs> Fair, fair. Well, that's no excuse. You'll find me in shorts in the middle of winter. <laughs> OK, Lee, so we're in the, we've gone through the main door of this beautiful building and it's, oh, my gosh, it's so atmospheric in here. This, uh, it strikes me as a house because it's massive. It's quite a big, imposing building. This is a massive room. This has been a, a home to someone very wealthy. Oh, absolutely, yes. The Pritchards who built this house. What a great name. Yeah. It's one of mine. Oh, Pritchard. Half of yours. Oh, don't get started. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the Pritchards, they came to this area um, second quarter of the 16th century. We think there may have been an existent house here, mm. and they moved into it and then expanded it, because everything that you see now, we're in the cross passages, everything you see through the kitchens, this was all built in about 1550. Right. Oh, okay. So where had they made their money? Um, they were great landowners. We know that in 1645, Edward Pritchard, who was the third generation to live here, he was worth around £2,000 in the year, which to put that in context, if you wanted to buy a cottage, then a cottage on four acres was about £14, £15. Pounds. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, <laughs> he had a, in excess of 6,000 acres of land, um, wow. Most of that given over to tenants, so tenants paid rent, mm. rent was profit. Mm. 
Mm. Was he a nice man? We, from everything that we've been able to find about him, we know that he was a very, he was described as being a very fair-minded man. Okay. And he was also, uh, how did they put it in one pamphlet, was... Um, was I think it was trustworthy and constant-minded. He sounds like a Pritchard. Mm. He does, actually. Yeah, he was yeah. also a judge. He was a magistrate. Oh. And I'm not sure we'll go through the Great Hall upstairs. That was a public part of the house where open court sessions were held. How does it compare to other manor houses in the area? Um, phew, there aren't that many in mm. this area. But if you look at places like um, houses that the Pritchards would have been associated with, like um, the van, uh, Tradiga House, that sort of thing, this house pales in comparison, certainly in size. Mm. Um, the Pritchards seem to always have been satisfied with their house. They didn't really extend it. The This grand stay to my left here, this is the only major extension to the house mm. that was ever undertaken. That was in 1628. Wow. So they've been here a long time. Mm-hmm. There's lots of people passing through. Yep. Got to be loads of ghosts, right? Loads. <laughs> Any in this room? Uh, oh, yes, absolutely. In <gasps> fact, one of our, we've got a, a little boy and he's been seen on several occasions, mostly during the day, strangely enough. Um, people have come into the house. You can imagine now visitors coming to visitors in our historical context and they see us in our 17th century clothing and we mm-hmm. greet them. And quite often as people have been leaving... We've had people of them say, well, where's the little boy that we saw on the way in? And we know immediately what they're talking about. So we just say, oh, he's been sent upon an errand. He's gone forth into right. Cardiff town. But they describe him the same. He sits on the sixth step up. He got his elbows on his knees and his head in his hands. And he just smiles at sick. people I feel really sick. as they come in and out. <laughs> oh, my God. In the yep. daytime? During the daytime, yeah. And this is what? So, I mean... <laughs> Has he recently been seen? Um, as far as I'm aware, I was the last person who saw... You've pot- seen him? Potentially it was him. Like, was, like, was it like a shadow? Or? Well, people have, other people have described him being very, very real and solid, yeah. as real as we are to each other. Right. When I saw something, I was in the Great Hall, so I was uh, getting things ready for a ghost tour one night, and I turned round to leave the Great Hall and stood in the doorway was the figure of... Well, you could tell it was a human figure Mm. probably a child about the size of a 10 year old boy and I just stood stock still staring at it and it stayed there for about four or five seconds which is an extraordinary Mm. length of time when you've got something like that Mm. in front of you and it moved very quickly to the left which would have brought it to this flight of stairs here I came out of the great hall and looked around the corner and it was stood on that landing there and then moved down the stairs quick and I was last I saw it do you know why this is worse than yesterday? <laughs> Come on. Because we, we went um, to Carrow Castle yesterday mm-hmm. and loads of stories of ghosts. And I, I really enjoyed it and I've mm-hmm. actually been banging on about how much I enjoyed it today. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because we were kind of outside a lot. Yeah. and But here, you the door's shut. <laughs> And there are ceilings, and for some reason, it's freaking me. Yes. <laughs> you should come on one of our ghost tours when it's at night in the dark oh with the lights God. off. Because I just the thing is, I know we've come here to talk about ghosts, but now this moment, I don't want to see one. No, like, I, I can't don't. think of anything worse. <laughs> I cannot think of. I'd rather, and I never say this, see an actor than a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Careful coming through here because this is a, a proper threshold, so it goes up one side and then down the other. Oh, this is beautiful. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. So this is our great hall. So 
Did you say that there was legal proceedings that would have taken they, place? Yes, there? Colonel Pritchard and his father and grandfather, they were all justices of the peace, they were magistrates, and so they would have held all sorts of administrative courts. Wow, busy, busy man. Very busy man, yes. He wouldn't have had enough hours in the day, I don't think. And it's so a very modern thing, isn't it, to be working from home? <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of ghosts, mm. I, I really just want to talk about the uh, judicial process, actually. <laughs> <laughs> actually. It makes me feel really safe. Um, with the ghost, mm. did anyone, is, is there a story of anyone dying here who might still be well, around? Well, we don't know of anybody dying, certainly not in this room, at least. But this room is very active. Lots of things have okay. been seen in this room. Um, uh, we think, well, I say we think, we like to hope that one of the apparitions seen in this room was actually Colonel Pritchard. Oh, wow. We also, we also had, for many years, we had a, a, a chap working here, Phil, played the part of Blethyn Ab Thomas the Cook. And he was in this room one day, holding forth to a, a group of people, and he said, from, from this doorway here, he kept seeing somebody looking out and then ducking back and looking out and ducking back. Now, whoever it was didn't jump out of there and run off down the stairs. And when Phil had finished with this group and handed them on to the next interpreter, he came marching over, thought, right, I'll have that. Mm. Nobody there. And if you have a look in there, Do you want you'll to have a look see in why there? it's impossible no. for anyone to disappear. Shall I? I come, oh. oh. So you see, that's one of the, the old 1550 stairways. So, oh my God, but it doesn't go anywhere. It's completely blocked off by the 1628 edition. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it's not as if somebody could have scooted upstairs and out the way no. a bit quick. Yeah, there's nowhere for them to go. They couldn't got out and through this door without them Phil noticing yeah. them. So, yeah, it was just... Oh my gosh. Do, they, do, they, do people find that they tend to appear if it's just one person in the room or do they do they appear when there are more than if there's more than one person um i i mean i would say the majority of stories are individuals who've seen things yeah um the stories that we kind of hold on to for use in our own, own ghost tours are the rare exceptions that they can be corroborated usually by more than one person yeah but we did have a ghost tour one night there was myself and one of my older colleagues enid and we had about 30 people in here and every single one saw this dark figure that was stood in the corner there. And as soon as people, it started to get people's attention and everybody started to focus on it, it shot across the room and out the door here. Oh my God. And everybody saw it. That's terrifying. <laughs> it, was, it was an interesting experience. If you've ever been in an almost pitch black room with 30 very terrified individuals, mm. All wanted to get out at yes, the same the time. Yes, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. That's <laughs> what you're describing. <laughs> I would have hoped you'd have more than thirty come see you at the fringe. But uh, no, it was a, it was terrifying from their perspective. Hilarious from ours. Can I ask the 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 sort of spirits and ghosts you've described so far feel mm. quite. I suppose benign. Mm. Is there anything that's a bit more sort of foreboding? Um. <laughs> Only one, really, and that's upstairs. One, one's enough. Can we and go in? Can we go yes, up to the room? Yes, of course. Yeah, we can go up. We refer to this room as our study, and it's set out um, as a sort of armory. Um, so we've got the weapons and bits and pieces. But what somebody? Uh, oh, let's think. Now this is an, eight, oh, an old story, certainly over thirty years old. Uh, we had a lady on a ghost tour one night, and 
what we used to do on a ghost tour is we take people around the house lit by candlelight and we take them up through all the old little stairways and then at the end of the night when it finished we put the lights on and just let people have a wander around and one lady told us later she said that when she was on the tour she had the very distinct vision of a man stood in that corner there i say a vision because nobody else reported it mm -hmm. but she said she was quite convinced that this fella didn't wander here um oh. and she felt very uncomfortable so when they went out they put the light we put the lights on and she thought to herself right fortify myself go back in that room and take a look just for my own mm -hmm. peace of mind so she came back into the room lights on mm -hmm. and we had a lot more lights in those days and she said the same fella was still stood there except this time when she walked in he pointed at her and he went out <gasps> and she obliged him oh my god yeah we used to celebrate the arrival of king charles here so we had what we call king's day and I play Colonel Pritchard, and one of my colleagues, Sarah, plays Mrs. Pritchard. Now, Mrs. Pritchard didn't have um, quite a bigger part in the day as Colonel Pritchard, so Sarah, who plays her, her husband had come here with her daughters, and said, oh, we'll just take them around the house, I'll have a look. So they were coming along the top corridor, and her youngest daughter, there was only three at the time, confident little thing, she comes <laughs> marching down the corridor, she marches into this room, she got about to where you are, and she was staring at that corner, and she stopped, and then she backed out of the room. Bear in mind, she's only three. Yeah. She cutched herself round in the corner and Sarah's saying, she said, what's the matter? What's the matter? She said, I'm not going in there. I'm not going in there. I'm not going in there. She said, why not? She says, there's two men shouting at each other. Mm. And she said, there's two men in there. She said, yeah, one, one's got black hair, one's got yellow hair. And they're shouting at each other. <laughs> there's nobody in here. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Genuinely, I'm going to have to take my kids round all the haunted places over the summer to see if any of this is true. Because I, I definitely, like, I, my youngest especially, I bet I bet he'd see something. Can I ask, you know, you're, it's really interesting to me that the ones that you repeat on the tour are verified stories, mm. I think. So, I mean, what happens then if you get someone coming around who's seen something and it tells you, does that get logged somewhere? Like Yeah, we make, we make a note of everything. Everything that gets told us, we make a note of it. Yeah, there's, there's people tell us things all the time. And how frequently do people see things here? Um, not as frequently as they hear things. Mm. We hear things all the time. Like? Uh, footsteps, okay. vo voices. Yeah. Um, that happens at least once a week. What? Um, can, you, can you understand what they're saying? No. Or is it's, it just chatter? It's chatter. The, the, the famous one, which I've heard several times, I know my colleague Sarah's heard it, Cameron's heard it, um, several other members of staff no longer working here, they've heard it. You come into the house, first thing of the morning, you know, we have schools in, so we open the house up. If you're the first person in, sometimes coming from the great hall, if you're downstairs, you can hear that, you know, that, that noise of a room full of people. Mm. Chatter, you can't make out hubbub. any individual. Hubbub, yeah. that's a brilliant way, yeah. There's a general hubbub of people, like yeah. there's 30 or 40. And you can try and creep up the stairs and hear them, but as soon as you make kind of any kind of foot noise, silence it ceases immediately yeah. how much of this do you tell the school kids that come here <laughs> <laughs> nothing absolutely really nothing. Well, do you just talk about the history we do this? we we okay. keep a very very strict border between okay. the paranormal aspect of the house yeah. and the historical aspect do you right? ask the school if they want to hear any of it no, no, no it's not it's not an option for school no. schools come here Fine. 
specifically and exclusively for history. Okay, I, th- I thought the kids in the gift shop looked happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although, of course, this this place, its, it's you know, reputation does precede itself. Yeah. So several times you get kids coming out and saying, is it haunted? Is it haunted? <laughs> of course, being in 70 century character, the nacer, <laughs> idle superstition and <laughs> potent fantasy. <laughs> I often wonder how I would react. Would I... And I guess you don't know until you're in that... Well, Lee, how mm. did you react the first time you felt like you saw a ghost? Um, the first time I saw a ghost in this house, I didn't realise it was a ghost right. until a fair bit later because I'd only been here for a couple of months. This was back in 2005. It was a cold, wet afternoon. We didn't have any visitors, so we said, right, we'll, we'll lock the house up. Mm. We'll go over to the staff room and have a cuppa. So my one colleague came over to put the kettle on Phil, who saw that figure popping in and out in the great hall, he came upstairs to make sure candles and lights were out. I was putting the fire out. I was in the large kitchen, which has got access to the cellars. And as I looked over to the side, I could see this girl stood at the bottom of the cellar steps, probably about 15, 16 years old. She was wearing a long cloak. She had a hood on, but the hood was pulled almost all the way back off her head. So I could see she had brown hair that was obviously tied at the back. Very slim face, little pointed chin, and she was just looking. And my thought was that it's one of the interpreters that I hadn't met yet because we had lots mm, of relief right. staff would come and go. And so I sort of turned away from her and mm. continued putting the fire down. And I thought, well, I better let her know we're leaving. And mm. there was nobody there. And so Phil came downstairs and I said, oh, Phil, I said, there's somebody just come in now. I said, we're going to have to, you know, sort of let them know that the alarms are going on. Otherwise, and Phil was like, there's nobody else here. He said, front door's barred. He said, I've got the key so that nobody can get in through the back door. I said, we yeah. just stood at the bottom of the cellar steps. To which Phil had exactly the same philosophy to the ghosts of this house that I had. He was like, oh, don't worry about it. It's probably just one of the ghosts. Yeah, yeah don't, don't panic. <laughs> is that how casual it is then for people who work here? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it happens. It happens. We Particularly the noises of footsteps and voices mm. happen so regularly that you become completely desensitised to it. Love it. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much yeah, for this. It's, it's been great. Brilliant. We have just finished the last ghost tour of this episode. I'm clinically addicted to ghost tours. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> love them. Yeah. I was just saying when we were walking back um, how cathartic I found it. And I, I don't know how to explain that. Like, I feel... Um, you know when you've had a good cry and you feel like this release of tension? Mm. I feel like that. Like, it's the same sort of feeling in there as, you know, when it's been really hot and you have a thunderstorm. Yes. And everything's gone like, oh. Yeah. And I don't know if, it, if maybe it's because it's satisfied some part of me that does like to be frightened. Maybe because it's in a controlled environment. Mm. It was quite good for me. Well, I also love that at no point, like, Lee loves that building so much, you know, has seen stuff, likes to talk about it. He's got loads of knowledge. At no point did he seem scared. And I think that's why I'm so petrified is because it's the unknown, isn't it? Yeah. And actually the way he talks about it in such a sort of, oh, it's very natural and matter-of-fact yeah. way. is like, oh, it seems a bit less scary. I felt quite safe with him. Oh, yeah, because he's a bit like a door. <laughs> he's absolutely mad. I'm like, you could punch a ghost. You could absolutely punch a ghost. It was absolutely fantastic. And the house is beautiful yeah absolutely beautiful. well yeah so even if you did, didn't come here for the ghost tours you'll get something out of it three mirrors in Essex's case <laughs> three mirrors from the from the oh this is going to be the next stress isn't it where am i going to put those mirrors <laughs> we've been having afternoon tea it was absolutely delicious and plenty of it to the point where kiri's got pockets full of cake <laughs> couldn't finish it all so a delicious scone 
Hard to do right vegan, but it was lovely. Yeah. I've got a torte in my pocket and a couple of brownies. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fantastic. And we're, you know, coming here in July. Um, yeah. You'll probably listen to this in October. And it's when, the you know, the days are very long and very light. But to come here, I imagine, in mm. the winter months, autumn months, yeah. when it's cosy and the fires are flickering do, I think do you want to be so atmos- no never no of course not after all my like he's not scared i'm like oh i'm still scared um it was it's been absolutely fantastic though and i hope you have enjoyed this episode and if you're like us you secretly absolutely love to be creeped out and if you're like me in a nerd for history yeah the, both the places we went have been absolutely fantastic. Definitely. And all, but also everything else around it as well. So mm-hmm. you, you get scared and then you can have a nice scone. So Perfect. good. <laughs> so good. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Pod of Wales. I've been Kira Pritchard McClay. I've been Esther Sears. This has been the spooky episode. That's what I'm calling it now. Yeah, That's the official it. name. The spooky episode where we have travelled to Cairo Castle and Llancaiach Fawr. And thank you very much to everyone who's guided us along the way. This is a Little Wonder production in association with Visit Wales.